0: Solo. What's going on, man? What's happening? What's going on? Not much. I'm surprised you didn't put the Islanders as the team you
1: would trust. They're very trust the system. Lula I'm surprised you didn't put that team. As I team. don't trust the, trust the team, trust and I don't trust the goaltending. All right, fair enough. Okay. That's it. I don't. No. I don't. Tr- and they don't have an offense that can outscore it. So I don't trust the goaltending for the Islanders. I just still think it's an issue, which is why they had to get um, the Sorokin over here and sign him. But you won't see him till next season. So, I, 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 you know I love the team. I love the system. I think Trot's a great coach, and he's got a great system that could do damage in the playoff structure that they have right now. But it's always about your goalie, and both of those guys, to me, have had shaky enough moments for me to worry if I can count on them. Fair enough. Now, let's talk about the Yankees. Now, I think, I
0: think this, the Yankees have to win the World Series. you got Gary Cole. That's the team that you feel confident. But that, but here's the question. Who is the team that you feel is
1: that could, that is the biggest threat to the Yankees? Is still the Astros, the Dodgers. Which team Dodgers. is the biggest threat to them? Dodgers. Dodgers? Nobody, no, nobody else. Nope, no. The Astros, the, the key with the Astros, and thanks, James. Good to hear from you. The key with the Astros is going to be the idea there is that there are no crowds. You talk about a saving grace, and once again, how cheaters win. I mean, it's it's, it's doesn't it just doesn't it just piss you off? Like they should be getting crushed this year at every building, eighty-one games. They should be getting booed off the field, but they're not. They won't hear anything. Not a peep. Get home. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah.
2: Much?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> not. not much. <laughs> oh, man, you're. It's weird because your voice is not the way it used to be. But uh, I'll be sure I'm able to carry this um, interview tonight. So you know got do it for the team. I got this. Um, we're going to have a Rockies Rockies reporter tonight, I believe.
2: Yes, Jenny Cadnar.
0: Yes. And we're gonna be talking all things Rockies, talking Noah and Arenado, talk, you know, talking about um, Trevor's story, um her reactions to about Larry her walk into the Hall of Fame. So, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be great.
2: And guys, my apologies. is just, uh, yesterday, we was at a friend's barbecue and, uh, me and James just kept handing people in beer pong and I got really too the happy and, and, and I guess I woke up this morning and then like this, I, I went to bed, it was fine and then boom.
0: Uh, yeah man but the only sauce we can take is that uh, we the champs and beer pong so we ain't the champs no more that's, that's just how it is we the champs so we champs no the more we had a great day off unfortunately um, your voice is not 100% um, par unfortunately but I'm sure um, Jade and I will have a good time that we'll be asking some good questions. Get, get, get uh and also talk I'll talk a little bit about the Washington
2: Washington franchise situation. Also um and again creative. her name is Jenny. You said Jade Jenny. Jenny, Jenny. It's very sorry. it's very important to get the guest name correct there. Well listen man, on my phone
0: it hurt, it came out of safe. Okay. So Yes, her name is Jenny. I'm so, I'm so sorry for the, I am so sorry for, for botching your name. I am so, so, so sorry. My apologies. We're going to have Jenny on a bit. But for, the, for those Yankee fans that are, that are diehards, it is 2-1 Billy, going in the top of the seventh. Um, Debbie does not look like he's ready. He does not look like he's ready for prime time. So that's a little, so I don't think he's gonna be in the rotation or in the bullpen oh, for that matter. He does not look like he's ready to his major major league Um he needs some seasoning in triple A. Um, also too, um, Aaron Judd competing up again. So that's good. He hit another bomb. Uh, DJ just missed a two run home run. So but uh but so far after those runs for um, after those runs for um, from uh what you call it? from yeah, that was given up by debbie um the bullpen has done his job david has done his job um a lot of like, the bullpen has had um is, is doing a good job of holding um holding things down so good job yankees um, i know it's an exhibition and they'll probably either finish two or one or come back two and three and know oh, but the Yankees look like the Yankees look like they are in good form. Also, Talkman and Fraser are now in, so we get so we might get to see some um, some Clint Fraser action. So
2: there's that. Um, yeah. And uh, for the first time today, I heard the Mansplain Baseball Elsewhere podcast. It's run by three phenomenal Brave fans. And I'm 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 in the middle of the second episode. Follow that podcast. Their at on Twitter is Mansplain BB Pod. It's a very good podcast. So make sure y'all check that out. Yeah, that those
0: are really good podcasts. I'm Ash. I'm Ashland. Um, Ashland runs it, and I believe brings Emily.
2: Those two um, big-time Atlanta Braves fans. Yeah, uh, Braves Ashland, like Braves Emily, and Braves Marla. Yeah, three
0: big-time Braves fans. Ladies that know their stuff. And I, I hope one day we would get to have them on because especially Ashland, who is very, very big on very, very big and really big on Braves, Bra- Braves Twitter, and she's them herself with Yankees Twitter. And she's, she's very friendly, very smart. She, keep, she keeps it real, and she does not give no two bluffs about anything. And I love it. So if you haven't listened to men playing baseball, then I don't know what you're doing, because these ladies know what they're doing. So there's that. Um... Also, the NFL and the NFLPA have agreed uh, for daily testing for for testing with, um, for COVID-19, uh, that's really big. Also, um, Governor Murphy has uh, a limit of um, five, um limit of 500 people, which basically means the Giants and Jets will not be having fans as of now this season, but again, that could all change depending on the virus. So until then, it looks like the Giants and Jets will not have fans in attendance this year. Um, Vegas, it does not look like Vegas will have fans at all this season. So there's that. Uh, man, it's uh, I ain't gonna lie though. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to to do this uh, to do this by myself. But hey, you know. I, I think I got this, guys. I think I got this. And I hope Jenny enjoys enjoys that. It's, it's, it is still the sports dude, but it's basically me solo. And even though Nick is in spirit, he's still there. He hasn't gone away. But unfortunately, um, after a great time we had yesterday, we had a day off. and want to say that we we won Miss Bobby Thompson. He has safely landed in Florida. So he is, he is, he is safely in Florida. So, and we're glad that he's, that we threw him the proper going away party he rightfully deserved. It was a little bit emotional for all of us because we're going to miss our brother, our guy, but we do know that he's, he, he, he's right, he's, he's starting a new journey down down in Florida with, with his soon-to-be wife, and yeah, and we will be down there for the Super Bowl. This, um, whatever may that be, maybe sometime in February, we will, we will be there. So, yeah, um, we, we're also, too, the Blue Jays still have not found a home, and they need to look for it quickly,
2: because opening day is a few days away, so they they gotta get up. The Pirates may be hosting the Blue Jays.
0: The Pirates are hosting the Blue
2: Jays.
0: Yeah, I, I know they still have some time, but they, they still they still gotta they still gotta figure it out. They, they they still gotta they gotta figure it out because at some point the Blue Jays are going to have a home game. And for those who are wondering, well, the NHL is having that. Understand that the main difference is that. Everyone in the NHL is going to be in one location. One's going to be in Toronto, one's going to be in Vancouver. Teams are not traveling. Whereas in the Blue Jays, they have to to go in and out of the country. And that's why they deny them, because you're going in and out. So that's why they did that. Wow. So without further ado, we're going to have Jenny. And we can't wait to to talk to her. And by her, I mean me, because I'm the best. And, uh, yeah, yeah let, let's do it. Okay, uh, so you're live here with um, Jenny. Uh, Jenny, how are you doing?
3: Good, good, thanks.
0: Good. Um, um, so, um, so this is kind of a, this, normally my co-host would be with me, but he's a little under the weather, so it's going to be me and you. So first things first, um, how are you doing in these um weird i guess weird times because we're we're in we're in this unprecedented pandemic so how are you doing
3: yeah you know it, it has definitely has been strange i told uh, our producer today i feel like we are living in the twilight zone as we continue to talk about getting ready for opening day on friday and how strange that's going to be but i think everyone's ready for sports to be back and in droves i mean we're all of a sudden in about 10 days, we're going to have the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball playing on the same day, which will be a lot of fun and uh, probably
0: will. about the sports nirvana that we're going to have. Yes, yes, exactly.
3: Sports Nirvana is a great way to put it. So you're just talking about, you know, everything coming back. It'll probably overwhelm all of our senses since we haven't uh been able to watch a ton of live sports as of late. But at the same time it'll be great. I mean, our family's healthy. I feel very lucky. You know, here in Colorado our numbers have been pretty steady on the decline in terms of COVID nineteen. So we feel very safe and protected and um, you know, I am very hopeful that um, sports will give us a good distraction and hopefully everyone is continuing to mask up and be safe so that we can not only watch sports on TV but eventually hopefully get some uh, fans back in the stands.
0: Absolutely. Now before we get into some fun stuff with the, with the Rockies and talking all things Rockies, um, I do got to get into something serious. And obviously I'm sure you heard about what happened with the Washington football. And their mistreatment of women, in business. So, I want to get your thoughts on what do you think about the the story that has been unfolding, and your thoughts on how that has played in your mindset of how that how that football program treats women. How how it feel for you as a woman in the sports business?
3: Yeah, you know, I think um, I, I think the women that came forward are very brave in so many ways for doing so. It's their truth, it's their story, and it's a story that needs to be shared because it's something that um, should be brought to light. Organizations should not act that way, whether it's the sports world or the business world. And um, you know, so for those women to be able to uh, share their story, uh, become come public with that, you know, it, that takes a lot of courage. So first of all, kudos to them. I mean, more from the broadcasting standpoint and, and the sports journalist standpoint, um, that I can speak of, you know, growing up in this business as a female and obviously, um, more of a male dominated industry, you know, you definitely have had your encounters over the years and, uh, it's something that I've never felt in a way of, um, you know, sexually harassed like these women have which which is just awful in reading their accounts. Again, so unprofessional things that shouldn't be happening um, for someone in, in that environment so, you know, again, I think it's, it's heartbreaking, it's har- hard to hear. Um, at the same time I hope it's a wake-up call. I hope it's a wake-up call for professional sports industries um, for college sports industries all across the board. You know, women are around more now than, than they ever have been, and that's that's a credit to a lot of the trailblazers that uh, have come before us and continue to open doors, continue to make waves, continue to provide opportunities um, for women to work in this industry. So hopefully moving forward, um, there will continue to be a professionalism in the workplace for those women that have those opportunities.
0: My calls always says this, and I agree 1,000%. You should always treat people with respect, regardless men or women. And the way that they treat the woman, like, that's, like, you wouldn't treat your mother that way, or your sister, or your daughter. You gotta treat people the way you should be treated. And it should be commended that, that want to take on this field, who have a passion, who want to do this, and who want to go in a field where... They do what they love, and I give credit for all the great women out there. And I'm sure what happened with the Washington franchise, a Washington football franchise, that hasn't discouraged you or stopped you ending
3: from, from, from pushing forward and pushing harder. Am I correct? No, you're exactly right. And I think you, you brought up a great point. You said treat people with respect. And at the end of the day, I think for anyone that's a minority in their field, whether it's based on you know gender or orientation or race, that's all you ever want to be treated as is a human being. And so I think that's the bottom line of this, is you know it doesn't matter who you're working with, as you said, male or female, there should be a a baseline respect in uh, any field, but definitely in the sports industry, um, to to treat people kindly and, as you mentioned, treat them the way you would want those other women around you to be treated in their day-to-day lives. So, um, you know, hopefully that, that has shed the light. I will say that I have felt very blessed and very supported in my endeavors with my colleagues, and it really does start with... With a lot of the men that you work with. I mean, sticking up for you, standing up for you. If they see something, say something. I mean, I've, I've definitely had plenty of um, great men allies, men colleagues that I consider allies in my field as, as I've continued to rise to the ranks who have. It up for me in a time when it felt uncomfortable, and it didn't feel right, and so I'm very grateful for, for those men for um, you know having some integrity in their world as well to make sure that we're all changing the game, and it's not just about women telling their stories, but it's about men and women coming together to treat
0: each other with respect as people. Uh, yeah, I totally agree, and as a minority myself, because I am I am black and. It's, I agree, like right? it should be you should be treated everyone with respect and I'm blessed that you've had colleagues that have treated you with the respect and you should have, not just you but it should be for everyone. And I think this is a lesson to be learned that you need to treat people and be professional in your line of work because it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from or what gender or what background is. We all, we're all part of the same team. We're all part of one race, which is the human race, and we all need to be treating each other with respect, and that's what it should be. Now, now let's go to something positive. Obviously, you cover the Colorado Rockies, so what's your thoughts on the upcoming season for the Colorado Rockies?
3: Yeah, you know, I'm excited. I think the fact that we have talked for the last several months about all the possibilities and how baseball would come back and what would it look like, and you know, we finally get some of those rules and is it going to work and how's the testing going and it just felt like every day you're turning a corner to like, well, is this going to happen or well, what if or you know, trying to maintain, um, I guess, just be cautiously optimistic, I should say, as we you know head towards this beginning day on July 24th for the. Rest Rockies, July 23rd, Major League Baseball on Thursday. Um, And now it's here. It is this week. It's going to happen and I think that's all, you know, really exciting. I finally took a marker out and wrote in my calendar all the games because I was afraid to do that after the season had been canceled but I did. I put them in ink. They are in ink in my calendar so hopefully that means they're going to happen. For the Rockies in particular I think this is going to be one of those seasons that could set up very unique for them in terms with the 60-game sprint, it's going to really come down to how you're built. I think pitching is going to be a huge priority for teams that make the postseason, what your pitching depth like, and also guys that can just get on a hot streak. I mean, for the Rockies, their schedule um, – in terms of, you know, everyone gets six days off. In a in a 66-day stretch, you're playing 60 games. So when you divide those six off days, it really does not favor the Rockies in any sort of way. They have two early off days in the very first week of the season, and then they just have the gauntlet in August when they play um, 33 games in 34 days, and then uh, three more off days in September. So yeah, I mean, that's really where they're going to be challenged, and um, where we'll know the truth for them if they're going to make it or not, but for every team what I think is so cool is usually in a 162 game season, we're starting to look at this time as just coming back from All-Star break, that calendar is about to turn August, you're about to hit the dog days of summer, and you're about to be in a pennant race for some teams but not every single team, not all 30 teams are in a pennant race, and it's almost like they're starting out that way, so I think that just makes the matchups and the games that much more meaningful and that much more fun, but we've kind of talked about it, I think for every team it's gonna be real interesting. We're gonna probably play these these first two weeks in July, or these last two weeks in July, I should say, it's about 10 days, get right into August. And I would think by the end of that first week in August, you'll have a really good idea there's going to be a lot of separators, right? Because you're just going to have those teams that start off really hot, you're going to have the teams that start off really cold, and I think for those teams, they're going to get left behind pretty quickly. Um, So I think for any team, you've got to figure out how to make a hot start. And again, for the Rockies in particular, they're starting on the road, and they're starting against the AL West, and not even within their division. So um, there's a lot of unknowns, and a lot of question marks around that for them, going into Texas, and facing the Rangers out of the gate, and then
0: facing What's, what's interesting, what, it's funny that you said that because that means that the Rockies have no margins for error. They have to get to a hot start because if you look at your, you look at the division that the Rockies are in. You got the Dodgers, who are arguably with the Yankees as the two favorites to win, the choose to win the whole thing. You got a pretty interesting team in San Diego, who's upcoming. The Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are kind of like here, and then you also have you, you also have the you have the you have the Padres, you have the, you have the Diamondbacks, from you guys. So, so. the Giants.
3: Yeah, yeah, it will really be yeah. interesting. I- And again, I think it really comes down to, like I said, I think the pitching depth, and if you want to put a big question mark for Colorado, that's where it would be, is how their bullpen is going to pan out. You know, they went to the playoffs for the first time in franchise history in back-to-back years in 2017 and 18, and then last year they really had a big fallout, and if you were to expect a lot of the games, especially a lot of the close games, they were won and lost by the bullpen, and um, they had just previously, two years ago, they had signed one of the largest contract deals uh, for the the back end, the back three, and Wade Davis, Brian Shaw, and Jake McGee. Well, they have just, within the last couple of days, informed Jake McGee and Brian Shaw that they would not be making this team and have let them go because they just did not perform, and they felt like in this final year of their contract for a six-year season, they had to hand that ball over to someone more reliable and it's going to have to be a lot of young pitchers. So again, you, you pretty much have every guy in your bullpen has Major League time, but if you started listing off the names, they might not be names known you know around baseball circuits um, just, just by hearing the name alone. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a year where they could really all make a name for themselves, which is really exciting and um, I think they're up to the challenge. You have a lot of flamethrowers in the back end, and it's about control, and it's about controlling your heartbeat, you know, I think there's also a pressure that can be added to a 60-game season, where it's like if you have one bad outing, especially as a reliever, you're all of a sudden internally like, well, I can't have two bad outings, because the leash is really short on these guys, and they're going to have to really dig through that whole pool, so as I mentioned, I think pitching depth is going to become the great equalizer, uh, especially when you dive into the NL West, and you start to look at, like you mentioned, the Dodgers, who won seven consecutive division titles, uh, their pitching depth is absolutely ridiculous. You have the Padres, who have a lot of young pitching arms, a lot of young talent. Um, so yeah, it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be very very interesting, and I think we're gonna find that out
0: pretty early in the season, as I mentioned. The last three, the last three series, the Rockies have the, the Dodgers, the Giants, and the back So you want to talk about that The Rockies have an uphill here, uphill. To climb, so that that should be very interesting. Now I want to talk about Now what I want to talk about is what do you think of me and Desmond's um, Instagram post and him and out? What are your thoughts about that?
3: Yeah, I have so much respect for Ian, Um, really gotten to know him the last couple of years since he signed a long-term deal with the Rockies, and um, I just think it shows the kind of character that he has, Uh, it shows the kind of man that he is, and obviously it's a lot easier from afar to to look at these decisions and say, well, that guy's made a lot of money in his career. It's a lot easier for him to opt out than, let's say, like, a Lucy Betts to opt out who's heading into free agency this year and isn't on a long-term deal. I understand that, but... Looking at Ian and knowing his personality, he's very even keel. He's a, he's a leader in the clubhouse. He's a guy that can really get to know his teammates and know how to push them one way or the other. Um, but he's really never been the outspoken guy. And ever since um, this kind of shutdown period and obviously, um, you know, the, the unrest that we've seen in our country. Ian's been very vocal about civil rights, and he's been very vocal about his own upbringing, and I think it's really cool that he's been able to use his platform um, to spread a message and to really dive into his own feelings and start to share them publicly. And I think between that and being home, he has three boys at home who are very active and very busy, and he has a little daughter, and they have another child on the way. And so I think when you all of a sudden get that family time that you've never had in your entire life, And you start to see the development of your own children uh, paired with all the things going on in the world. That's where their family ended up making this decision. And so I don't think that that's the last we're going to hear from Ian Desmond. I think he's actually going to be very active, whether it's communicating with his teammates throughout the course of the year and watching games, or whether it's um, promoting the things that he's trying to do in his hometown of Sarasota, Florida. Uh, with Little League and, you know, trying to use baseball as a tool to bring a community together. So I just thought his Instagram post was written so well, and I think it's just the beginning of um, all the the words and all the feelings that we're going to hear from Ian Desmond this season. As a Yankee fan, I am blessed
0: to have DJ LeMayu and
3: Adam Oh, you mean, are oh, you mean Rockies of, East? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: You can have Rockies East. Take them all. Listen, listen man, listen. If, if, if they win us a championship, we'll have all the Rockies players got. So, you guys were, you guys regret not signing DJ LeMayu and um, Adam, Adam Adelino.
3: Yeah, you know, I think it's so hard because, especially for me, like, I covered DJ his entire time in Colorado, and He is um, a very, very quiet person, very quiet personality, but once he's in between the lines, I mean, he is one of the most competitive people you will ever meet, and I am so glad that he got to be on that big stage, the Yankee stage. I I just will never forget all the hooting and hollering that your fan base did when you guys signed him, and just, it took about 10 games, I think, for you guys to be like, oh, wait, never mind, that was the best signing ever, because (laughs) he had the versatility out of the gate, I mean, he played first, he played second, he played first, he could bat anywhere in the order, and he always gets the job done, like, he is a pack-your-lunch-pail-and-bring-it-to-work kind of guy, and I think um, if you ask any of his teammates, like Nolan Arenado or Charlie Blackman, they miss him so much because they miss... Um, his competitiveness, his drive, and just make, he makes his teammates better, so um, you know, I'm happy for him that he's on that stage, but he's definitely missed in Colorado, and I think the thing about DJ is you have to really go back to his beginning in major League baseball with the Cubs, and kind of getting Written off really. His trajectory as a major league player was really kind of written off when he came into Colorado. And I think that tip on his shoulder um, really adds to that blue collar work ethic that he has. And I think that that combination is definitely lethal, and then the fact that the Rockies didn't end up signing him when he became a free agent, um, I think it added a little more juice when he was able to put on a Yankees uniform, and he mentioned Adam out of, you know, I mean, one of the best sliders in the game, and when Adam's healthy and, you know, he's in the back end of a bullpen, he is one dangerous weapon, so um, it's cool. I'm happy for both those guys and their successes, um, but they were both fantastic human beings um, in the clubhouse and just, just good guys, good families, so we definitely missed
0: seeing them around here in Colorado. Thank you guys so much for sending them to our way, so we appreciate it. We'll, 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 we'll it if the Yankees win the World Series, we'll send you guys rings, that's a token of our Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> Now, you Now, you guys have two interesting players, um, Brendan, Brendan Rodgers and Brian um, Balson. Um, those are the two top prospects. Um, do you see them playing this year at all?
3: You know, probably not Ryan Ralston, but he definitely got some great time at spring training one, so to speak, and then this summer camp. Um, you never know. I don't want to say it won't happen just because of the fact, again, you don't know how uh, COVID-19 is going to affect a team, how injuries are going to affect a team in a shortened season. Um, but I think his time... And with the big league club and around the big league players definitely benefited him. I'm very excited for his future. I think Brendan Rogers you're definitely more likely to see. Obviously, he made his major league debut last year as a top prospect. Um, really kind of thought that he would take the reins at second base. It was really a competition between him and Ryan McMahon. And Ryan McMahon won that last year. And Ryan McMahon's coming in as your starting second baseman again this season. Um, but for Brendan Rogers, I just think um, – the potential is there you know he just has that natural baseball gift and he ended up having that shoulder surgery he was shut down in the middle of last season and he came back about a month earlier than projected this year I mean people really didn't know it spring training if he'd be ready and I remember sitting down with him that very first week of spring training down in Arizona and he was like yeah I'm doing all the baseball activity like I feel great let's go I mean in his mind he was set to make the opening day roster, which I don't think that the training staff and the coaching staff would have projected that come December. So I think the extra rest that he got from the shutdown probably benefited him a lot. I know he got in the weight room more. He got, you know, stronger. And I think, too, for him, getting that little taste of the big leagues last year um, and being around some of these veteran players. I mean, I'm even going to go like Trevor Story as a veteran just because the way he works and how he comes comes to the ballpark every single day, Brendan was able to shadow that. He was able to watch how Nolan works. I mean, there's a lot of worker bees on the Rockies team and so I think just for Brendan to get a sense of what it really takes to be a high-caliber big leaguer was so valuable and he's going to bring that back in this year. But really, I mean, it'll be interesting how he's used. I think it's going to be a lot more situationally because all the starting positions are really locked up. So again, barring injury, you know, Brendan will be on this Team and we'll see him lost. It'll just be interesting how he gets moved around. Um, what are
0: your thoughts on um, Larry Walker getting into the Hall
3: of Fame? Oh my gosh. As a girl that grew up in Denver, Colorado, and waited the first 11 years of her life for Major League Baseball to come to the city, and then got to see Larry Walker, a true five-stool player, do his thing, I am so ecstatic. I mean, the fact that it took him all 10 years on the ballot, um, and the way the game, honestly, it's like such a pattern of the way the game has gone with analytics. I think a lot of people, a lot of the baseball writers, um, a couple of the people like promoting for Larry Walker to get in in these final three years, really started to use modern day analytics to match his game up. Because obviously, when you talk about being the first Rocky ever to go into Cooperstown. There's always the black mark of playing at Altitude and playing at Coors Field, and for Larry playing pre-humidor, but his numbers really translated to almost any ballpark he was at, and obviously he spent so much time um, you know, at the Cardinals, too, so you're starting to look at like who Larry Walker is and what was his body of work. It was a Hall of Fame body of work, and I mentioned being a 5-12 player. It's really rare to find a ton of 5-12 players in the game anymore but when you look back um his power his speed you know just his arm his ability gosh and right field to throw people out like he was phenomenal to watch growing up and so I was very excited and you know what I actually really bummed that you brought it up too because this was supposed to be a <laughs> weekend and I was going I was set to go to Cooperstown I actually got the notification on my phone that was like your flight leaves on Thursday morning and I was like go! oh. You know, so it's going to be so hard to wait a whole nother year um, to watch Larry get into Cooperstown, but it's also when it happens, it's going to be super special. And um, he is just, he's a great ambassador of the game. He's a great ambassador of Canada. He's a great ambassador of the Rockies. And I couldn't think of a better human to be the first Colorado Rockies to go uh, into Cooperstown. And it might even open up a door for Todd Helton, who's um, just oh. on the
0: ballot. Yeah. I was just about to ask you about Donna help You, you just kind of just, you know, just let me into that. Big what are your chances of helping? And yeah, yeah, like that's the big way kids.
3: Yeah, I think you yeah, Uh I think it's going to be a little more challenging for Todd because, again, his entire seventeen-year career was in Colorado, and there was some injury down the stretch that really kind of skewed his numbers. But I'm hopeful again that um, the, the modern-day analytics will help Todd out. His home road splits are very different than what a Larry Walker's was. Um, but I think that I think that Todd will stay on the ballot, and I think we'll see the numbers go up and up. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll have a chance to get in, but um, again, it's just, it's so hard, right? It's so hard to get uh, that final number, and again, having the Colorado mark on you, um, hopefully writers start to kind of peel back the layers of what it means, you know, to really play at altitude and, and start to dive deeper into the numbers before they cast their vote.
0: would you rather have, or have a have at the plate? And this is just some question. Madison Bumgarner or Mike champion
3: <laughs> That's a very interesting question. I'm going to take Mad Bum all day. That guy is a team. I mean, I seriously, I will not be surprised if Tori Lovello DHs Madison Bumgarner in Arizona at some point this season.
0: <laughs> now, I have to ask this. Um, obviously, Nolan Arenado is I obviously not only is the best third baseman in Major League Baseball, he's a top five player. Um, do you think Nolan Arenado's future with the Rockies is certain because there was some rumblings about trade rumors? Um, what's the deal with Nolan right
3: now? You know, there, it's really interesting because I think if you would have asked me this question four months ago, five months ago when we're sitting down in Arizona, I probably would have had a different answer. Um, I think the way this pandemic has gone and, and the cause and effect it's going to have, um, not just on Major League Baseball, but on all professional sports, I don't think it's just gonna be 2020. I think we're gonna see the trickle down for a couple of years, because now when you get into the game of baseball, you're talking about a shortened season, a 60-game season, how are these numbers going to skew free agency? How are these numbers, you know, going to match up? How are teams financially going to be hurt for that long-term deal? And so for Nolan, signing an eight-year contract uh, with an opt-out, a free agency opt-out after three years, well, that's coming up after 2021. And maybe the money won't be there for him at that moment in time to say, like, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else. And let me make this very clear. The money is huge, and Nolan's going to have huge money, no matter if he just sticks with the current contract he has with the Rockies or if he chooses to go somewhere else. But money is never going to be the deciding factor for Nolan Arenado. All he wants to do is win. It is all he thinks about it's all he dreams about it's all he you know why he works so hard he wants to win a World Series and he wants to put himself in the best position to do that and so I thought when the contract was originally signed it was very beneficial to Nolan because it was like hey Iraqis believe in me and this team that much that they're going to sign that big of a deal they believe in kind of the core group they have in the direction that they're going in and it gives Nolan that three-year period to really test that like Okay, are we going to win? Are we going to be this team that they're projecting? And it gave him as a person the chance to opt out of that. Well, obviously, there was some contention this offseason with the general manager that was very public in the news. I really do think that this entire pandemic has put a lot of that into perspective. And Nolan probably irritated his friends and family more than anybody because he was just wanting to play baseball the entire time so the, the second that he was able to ship out here get to summer camp was probably a good day uh for all the people closest to him in california that he was driving that um about you know just doing dry hacks around the house and pretending he was you know swinging and hitting home runs at, at every turn so I think for Nolan, um, he he's ready to play more than anyone. And honestly, in a lot of the intra-squad games they've been playing, I mean Nolan's bat is still on point right now. So hopefully that fire continues as they start the season um, come Friday. But hopefully all of the contention, as I mentioned, is just kind of masked or at least pushed down or pushed away because everyone wants that focus to be on staying safe, staying healthy,
0: and getting this sixty-game season in. He was held in five time All Stars, 2019 hits. 316 batting average, 6th a war. He worked on 446 percentage of one six RBI. so hopefully he'll win. Me personally, I hope no He's made for Carlisle. Carlisle loves him, but if he doesn't, I mean, in him Despite... East.
3: It? Oh. oh gosh, man. <laughs> he also likes to mash baseballs, uh, at at Field, so, so oh. we can take it. But I, I I guarantee you, um, you know, it would be a very hard day if Nolan chooses not to stay here after next year. I think he really does love Denver. It would be a very hard choice for him. I think the fans here in Colorado really have started to understand in the last two or three years that they have a once-in-a-lifetime player that's wearing their hometown uniform. And um, as a media member who's been covering this game for 15 years, I still like have to and like close my jaw sometimes in the press box because you're watching him make ridiculous plays um, and he just keeps out doing himself. Defensively, I don't think we're going to find a better third baseman in the game. Matt Chapman is a close second for the Oakland A's, and guess what? They went to the same high school in Lake
0: Forest,
3: California, so there must be something in the water over there at Orange County. Um, I
0: mean, that's an interesting tidbit. I'm also... Talk to me about uh, Trevor Story. Um, I, I think Trevor Story is an emerging player. Um, yeah, he had a decent season, but um, what are your thoughts on, how, on Trevor Story's trajectory? Because I know that I believe one of his favorite players, Jeter, I'm not mistaken.
3: Yeah, you know, I think you start to talk about Nolan being the best third based in the game. I think you have to really credit the tandem on the left side of the infield and say that those two are probably the best, left side of the infield in the national league and i would argue you know top three probably in major league baseball just their their ability uh to push each other has and so inspiring to watch. I think um, it's a very quiet, competitive nature that they have, but it's really fun. You'll be in a game, and um, sometimes when they were hitting back to back, it would be like, Trevor would go deep, and then you almost see this fire in Nolan's eyes to be like, Cool, anything you can do, I can do better. Like here we go, and all of a sudden they get into this rhythm with each other, and it's really fun to watch. It's really fun to watch um, their competitive nature, but they push each other just to be better, and better. And I think for Trevor he came in to the league he had such a natural gift a natural ability and we saw he was setting all sorts of rookie records his first week in the big leagues I think he ended up hitting 7 total home runs in that first week he hit 2 on opening day when the team opened in Arizona and then he ended up hitting 2 again on the home opener just a week later so uh, he came in with a lot of firepower and a lot of pop and his bat is definitely uh, was very impressive out of the gate I think what really hurt him that rookie year was his strikeout numbers, right? So he started to clean up a little bit of his patience in the zone. And um, I think it it all kind of came together for him last year. He had such a fantastic year. Um, But, you know, again, when you talk about a great player, I think you talk about great two-way players and his defense um, is something super special. And I love that you brought up Derek Jeter. I mean, he was a huge Derek Jeter fan um, as a kid growing up and just idolizes him, idolizes him um, for the way he played baseball. For the way he is as a human being, and you know, you see a lot of that. Trevor is a very He's just a good guy. He's a good guy in the clubhouse. Everyone likes him. He's a good guy in the community. And I think those things are very valuable, or they're very undervalued, I guess, uh, this day and age. But I think it's very valuable um, when you start to look at all the things he's able to do and, and just how great he is also with the media um, and all of those things. But at the end of the day, it's what you do on the field uh, that, that will make your name. And I think Trevor is well on his way to being a perennial all-star.
0: Last question going into rapid fire. Um, This is more for you. Uh, How did you get to where you are today from, you know, the hard work, the grind, like how did you get from starting to where you are right
3: now? Yeah, you know, I think for me, you know, a lot of people ask, like, you know, how did you do it? How did you get there? And when I talk to people who want to be sports broadcasters, I'm always like you have to have a passion first and foremost it's very evident um, when you don't know what you're talking about like you have to love sports you have to grow up in sports you have to have a passion for that and so I feel really grateful that was my life growing up my dad is a Hall of Fame high school baseball coach here in Colorado and from the day I was born I was always at the baseball field Um, I was at his camps in the summer I was you know participating because it was way too boring to just sit on the sidelines so I was definitely a tomboy from the get go, but um, just learned to fall in love with the strategy of baseball and um, had picked my dad's brain all the time at night. You know, I played sports, threw it the cross in college at Colorado State, and um, I, I probably knew in high school that I wanted to get into sports broadcasting and kind of everything I did from that moment on. I tried to make it purposeful towards that track. I did a ton of internships. I met a ton of people. I was networking all the time. Um, I, you know, I definitely took my hits. So like, I got hired for a national network right out of college, and they ended up um over budgeting their college football package so i was a sideline reporter for a national uh network for like two games and then basically got laid off and ended up landing in sport michigan at a at a tv station there and covering sports and um had an opportunity to move to Los angeles to coach lacrosse at ucla so it kind of took a little um you know turn away from sports broadcasting and went into coaching for a bit and i i feel really lucky i just happened to land back um through, you know, again, through a network of landing an interview with the San Diego Padres in 2007. And for me, the goal was more of always just doing like sidelines for college football or for the NFL, things I had already seen on TV. When I saw women on TV, a lot of it was the football game. Um, I had never really thought about baseball, even though that's how I grew up. And so to just on a rare chance get the opportunity to interview for, reporter job at the San Diego Padres, all my worlds collided and sitting in that interview I realized like this would be a dream job for sure. So I spent five years in San Diego and probably would have never left. San Diego is a pretty amazing place uh, to, to live in your 20s and to live in general. Um, and I, and I, had a, I had a ton of fun there even though I was covering some pretty pretty bad San Diego Padre teams at the time. Um, but our, our regional network uh, lost the rights and it just so happened again, through networking and things, I had the opportunity to come home to Colorado. There was an opening here in 2012. And really taking that job then, I had no idea how much you know, my world would turn. I'd end up coming home, getting married, we have a child now, and um, I got a call in a Major League Baseball game a couple years ago, and that's kind of added uh, to a new goal of mine, to a new kind of um, path that I never thought would have existed in my history. So um, it's, it's it's been pretty special to just enjoy the ride and to be able to look back and enjoy it, but also know there's still a lot of work to do moving forward.
0: That's that's dope, and I'm really glad, and all, like, it, it's, it, it's amazing about your story and the fact that you pushed through and you've had good people helping you out, and it, it's amazing. Now, Jenny, this is one of the things that interesting. are interesting. Okay. Raventire. So I'm going to ask you some questions. <laughs> oh, let's do That's what Rabbit Fire does, so you know mm-hmm. the deal. So I'm going to ask you questions, and you're going to give me answers on top of your head. So, let's do it. Biggest extract from the Rockies? Um, like, as a whole or just one player? As a whole, as a whole, as a whole. Pitching, a
3: whole. pitching, yeah, starting pitching.
0: Um, do the Rockies have a chance to make at least one of the two wildcard spots? Yeah, yeah. Who's more likely to win the World Series, the Rockies East, a.k.a. Yankees or the Dodgers? Uh, I'm
3: going to say Dodgers, just because their pitching depth is ridiculous.
0: That's fair. Which is one one of the Rockies' biggest rivals? For the Rockies'
3: biggest rivals, it's so hard. It's funny you say that because we talk okay, about yeah. like nat- natural rivals in the American League, and they don't really have one. They float back and forth between the Astros and the Rangers every other year, so there's not a natural rival, so to speak. But I think Arizona, just because of the fact that the Diamondbacks, uh, especially in the last couple of years. The Rockies and Diamondbacks have really been fighting for that wild card spot um, to end of the postseason, and even in 2017, ended up playing each other in the wild card. They share a spring training facility down in Scottsdale, um, and so I, I guess I would have to say the Diamondbacks. It's not the sexy answer, but geographically, and uh, again, based on proximity, probably the Diamondbacks. Okay, um, who
0: wins? Who wins the NFL?
3: Who wins the NL Cy Young? Oh my gosh, that is so funny, we were just talking about this today. I am going to come with a dark horse for you. Are you ready? uh, I'm ready. Walker Buehler from the Los Angeles Dodgers. that's it. You can call me back in like three months and be like, wow, wow. Jenny, we're going to call you back in three months and we're going to call you
0: back at champion parade. And
3: like, thank you yes. again. <laughs> uh, 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 two quick ones. the uh, American uh, Oh man. Um, I think it's dumb not to
0: say Garrett Cole, so I'll say Garrett Cole. And yeah. that's a big question. Are we on a collision course for a Rocky East Doctor's collision course world series? Okay, sorry, you cut out. What was that last part? Uh, we ain't closing course for
3: yankees dodgers World Series. I mean, I feel like every question is basically just ending up at that you want it to be the Yankees and the Dodgers. So, um, <laughs> great, great. I, I, I think I think that the Yankees fans would love that. I think Dodgers fans would love that. And I think the television rights would love that as well. You get both coasts involved in two sparing franchises. I just think in a 60-game sprint, I think the two teams that are going to be in the World Series this year are going to blow your mind. I do not think they are going to be any teams that are projected to be there, because there are so many unknown factors, and I really see some surprise teams. I mean, in the American League, you can talk about the Tampa Bay Rays, and how surprising yeah. they could be with their picking depth, you want to talk about in the National League, the Cincinnati Reds actually have like a very interesting makeup to make a big push. I mean, I think all these teams we've been talking about that you know could potentially make that big run. I just think it's such a weird year that we're not going to have that traditional matchup that you would love to see with the Yankees and the Dodgers. So I'm sorry to tell you,
0: but no, I neither of them are going to win the World Series. <laughs> I think you could swallow me. <laughs> Like red twins or like red Braves. Like, yeah. Like, Something just so My strange. Home. My hope is yeah. um, bring it in 2021 when it's more legit. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah are you yeah.
0: gonna see like, we gonna see. It. Or, you know, also a team. Oh, Max versus oh, that, That's also a random team. because Even the next time the and do have the the is mm-hmm. I I hope that's that's one because let's not forget 2013. the Dodgers the and the postseason. The Dodgers in the postseason so I think you could start in that um Blue Jays World Series if that ever happens yet. Like. Uh, uh, James? Okay. Um, Jay, uh, J- uh, I was saying that we could we could see a messed Blue Jays World Series.
3: Oh, I mean, yeah. You could see just about anything, and wouldn't that be interesting? Since the Blue Jays aren't even going to be playing in their home ballpark this year. (laughs) I mean, I don't think when you're, yeah, when you're starting to talk about the uniqueness and the weirdness and the strangeness or whatever kind of adjective you want to use of what twenty twenty is going to be, I just don't see it being a quote unquote
0: normal or quote unquote normal contenders plural for the World Series. Last last question and then we're gonna and then we're gonna get on out of here. Um I know that um Colorado Avalanche are in the postseason for hockey and I love the I love the avalanche with you know, especially with Nathan McKinnon. He, he's gonna be, he's a heart um he's a heart um, trophy candidate and what I wanna know is is Colorado big on hockey? Or baseball, or football with the Denver Broncos. What's big with Colorado? I'm curious.
3: Well, I think it's hard to not say the Broncos. I mean, tried and true, you know, they've, they've been the team that's been around the longest since the 60s with the original AFL, and uh, being a fifth-generation Denver native, I know we've had season tickets in my family since the very beginning, so if you are from here, if you are, you know, truly born here, multiple generations born here, if you are a diehard Broncos fan, but we love sports in general, know, there's seven professional sports teams in town, and there's lacrosse and soccer in the mix of that. So uh, you know, everyone is well supported, I will say that. I think come um, summertime, people love their Rockies games. They love um, getting downtown in the lower downtown, we were kind of, of Courtfield was kind of one of those first stadiums in the mid-90s that really um, was able to revitalize a downtown around a ballpark. There's a great bar scene, a great going out scene. So I think there's nothing like catching a, a high eighties, low ninety degree evening um, with a beautiful Colorado sunset at the ballpark, and then the abs have been often. Awesome. They've been a true story. I mean, when they came here to Colorado, you know, they they won the Stanley Cup a couple times, so it's hard not to love anymore. Exactly. So you're you're now like, okay, the late nineties were great for sports around here and now
0: add in the nuggets. The nuggets have been hot oh, all yes. couple of years. Um, so Yes. The, the Denver our, nuggets are a team to be reckoned with, especially in the Western they They're the Western is sold over and the nuggets can give the Lakers or Clippers are all Exactly, exactly. So
3: here, I'll go out in another limb for you. Perhaps this is the year that the Avs, the Nuggets, and the Rockies win their respective leagues uh, in a pandemic. Wow. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, Probably not going to happen, you but win? we could win. So,
0: listen, I'm an Islander fan. I'm a New York Islander fan, and I don't have any high expectations for the Islanders because we don't have scoring. I'm a Knicks fan, so the Knicks don't even equate to anything of it. The only teams I got are the Giants who are the Yankees and Colorado After It's Colorado to win anything this season where it's kind of funky, where it's like weird. So Colorado to win anything, Jimmy, this year, like, 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 like Denver, Sheffield, World War II, Super Bowl, um, you Nuggets know, win a championship for the first time in their history. Colorado won third day. Uh, and the Rockies win their first ever World Series, and their first World Series appearance since 07. I mean, I'll take it. It sounds like a
3: good party, but we need to be out of a pandemic
0: to have it. <laughs> well, Jenny, if it were to happen, let it happen today. As always, um, that's all the time we have, and thank you again for coming on, and if your prediction comes true, we will have you back again in a few months, and even then, we'll have you back again, and we'll talk about that year in the championship.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Enjoyed live baseball coming up this week. Thank you, Denny, so much, and thank you for coming on. I can't wait
2: for live baseball. Have a great night. Yeah, you got it, you too. Well, James, you did a very, very good job, man.
0: I tried. Um, thank you again so much. Um, I wish you could have partaken in this, but I ended a little bit of the weather. Your voice gets better by tomorrow, so because we do have a guest tomorrow, so hopefully your voice is better. I believe that we are be taking out a wrestle on tomorrow, so I think we have to your voice, because then this will be another James Jump that I'll be talking to tomorrow. So I think another nature is to give your voice a little drift,
2: man. Why yeah, we we're doing wrestling tomorrow, and then after that, we're doing previews with Madison. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, and I gotta say this,
2: so, um, and, 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 how disrespectful are you to not even mention the Nuggets? What's wrong with you? You specifically, you specifically only said Broncos, Rockies, no. and Avalanche. What's the matter with no. you, you scumbag? I
0: did that on purpose because of the, because
2: They got Nikola Jokic. Respect him. Hey,
0: yeah, I, but anyways, listen. I don't want to give your voice more fame than it had to be. But well, I'll wrap this up by saying Yankees and Phillies got a 2-2. Mike Bred hit a um, hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth. Josh hit a home run. And that's 2 And yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, this has been a great show. If uh, y'all Jenny on, uh, as um, uh, help, the you know, job in your a man in Talks. Again, we were The dudes are undefeated and bare so we ain't gonna catch no more, okay? We got to with the rest. We're out of here, sir. So from the sports dudes, Mick
1: and James. Life is still all goodbye. It's time to say goodbye. We're out of here, y'all.